podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. I'm Diane Knox Bayliss and I'll be joined by Steve Elkington very soon. Also, we have a special guest on the podcast this week and we will reveal that shortly. So last week, it was Tom Hoagie who won his first victory on the PGA Tour for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And then Harold Varner winning at the Saudi International. If you missed it, it's worth looking at his eagle putt on 18 to win. It was amazing. Right, well, this week we're on to the big one. It's the People's Open, the greenest and greatest show on grass, whatever you want to call it. You know it's going to be a spectacle and one to watch, the WM Phoenix Open. So we're off to TBC Scottsdale. I actually am off to TBC Scottsdale. I'm going on Thursday, so I'll have three days at the tournament. And I I mean, it's something that I've always wanted to experience. It's definitely a bucket list tournament. And Elk, this is one that catches your eye every single year. Yeah, this tournament, Diane, started out a very nice, quiet little event. And it's exploded into. It's funny sometimes, you know. We 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 see about we we talk about things all the time on social media that go viral. Well, this is like a golf tournament that went viral. You know, they they started on the 16th hole. A lot of people say this is this is you know, when I was there way back in the early 90s, there was a TGI Fridays tent that sat behind the 16th hole. Then they said, well, Phil Mickelson made the course, the, the tournament really famous. He went to Arizona State. And then, of course, this is the 25th anniversary of Tiger Woods's hole-in-one on that. And a lot of people that know the tournament say that was the one that catapulted it into this sort of, you know, gigantic par three where everything goes through the 16th hole where there's probably 150,000 people go to this event each day. It's famous for people watching with girls come out and, incredible outfits i know you'll have your outfits ready for this weekend diane how did you know that (laughs) (laughs) um and it's just ridiculous to be honest with you it's just ridiculous i've stayed with families over the years that have had daughters that have worked at the bars at the golf course quit their job for a week or take a week off and go make two thousand dollars in tips for the week i mean it's just ridiculous it's one of those golf tournaments that's a bucket list tournament. And I think there's a few of them. The Masters is obviously the number one tournament. When it comes to kind of like standard events on the PGA Tour, this is a bucket list tournament to attend. Because as you say, it's a party. I mean, I'm going, I'm flying out on Thursday. So I'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Saturday is going to be obviously <laughs> the mental one. But I've spoken to so many people who have said that it's such a good tournament for many reasons. I mean, the 16th hole amphitheater being one of them. But the flip side of that is the rest of the course is pretty quiet. So you get to watch really good golf in peace until you get to kind of 15, 16, 17, 18. Well, that's sort of being that you haven't been there, you you can sort of say that. But it's creeping up in other parts of the golf course, Diane. I mean, 17th now is almost in completely engulfed 18 almost completely engulfed and if you wander out on the front nine which i'm sure you will because your brother i'm looking at his stats and you know R- russell knox you know should fare pretty well as straight driver 
gets an advantage this week of, of landing on firm fairways, and he's like number two on the whole PGA Tour at proximity to the hole. So this tournament, um, yes, you're right. Everything goes through the back nine. And I first thought of this event, Diane, as being a very hard to handicap. And I look at the field, and they're just loaded at the top. But after looking at it for the last couple of hours, I realized that it's not that hard to handicap because this is a big-time event. It's going to take a big uh, attitude, a big performance to win under these conditions, these conditions meaning 150,000-plus people. The rookies are all out of it. This is no Cinderella story this week. A lot of top players playing this event that are playing super well. You know, guys that have won everywhere. Vantage just won. Um, your your uh, pick, Victor Hovland, not your pick this week. I don't know your pick this week. Uh, Hoagie last week. You know, all these guys that have been winning, they're all there. So that tells me that they're very confident in their games. They're they're going to shoot good scores. So who can jump up and sort of match that performance? And it's 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 not going to be easy for the rookies this week. We talked last week about how it was easy for rookies. We saw Tom Hoagie, not a rookie, but you were able to play your way into the event. We saw our own Pat Perez, who I was watching last week, finish in the top 10 again. So it's a little bit different uh, this week, I feel. I mean, the field is stacked and there was so much talk last week about the field at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am being weak and there not being that much of a draw. I mean, the draw is Pebble. It's an iconic venue and we saw a, a fantastic Sunday showdown. I mean, it was exciting there. But then there was the Saudi tournament, which Harold Varner won in incredible style with that long eagle putt on 18 but this week a different story six of the top 10 in the world playing 13 of the top 20 and you talk about big winners here I mean when you look down the list of past champions you can either say they've won a major or they've won the players championship Brooks Kepka has won here twice he's defending champion Webb Simpson won in 2020 in 19 it was Ricky Fowler in 18 Gary Woodland in 17 and in 2016 Hideki Matsuyama so you're right stacked field big names have won this tournament yeah and it's going to happen again this week I, I feel as I say I mean You've got at the top of the board, John Rahm, who, you know, he tries so hard. He's so easy to pick on your teams because he always makes the cut. He's the greatest driver out there. We took, he lives in the desert. He knows how to play desert golf. He's not my pick this week, but I think John Rahm's getting a little frustrated, not with himself, maybe. I don't know, but he's he's working awfully hard and he's right there every week, but mm -hmm. he's not, you know, coming out with any trophies and, you know, I'm I'm leaving leaving him off my hot list this week, and I'm not even sure why. Um, he lives a mile away from this golf course, and I always think that people have an advantage that live in the desert, you know. Because when I go to the desert, you know, you've got fairway, and then you've got desert. Now I'm a straight hitter, but you've got to get used to, you know being accepting that if you go in the desert, you may not find your ball, or you're going to be up against a cactus, or you're not going to have a swing, and it's when you play in the desert a lot, you get used to having to hit certain shots and have to, you know, get the ball in play. So a lot of these desert guys like Finau and Ram that live just around the corner, they're really straight hitters and that's when they do really well on the tour. But I've got neither one of those, Diane, on my list this week. 
neither do I. We don't know each other's picks yet, so we'll get to those soon. We're going to do our outright favourite, a one-to-watch pick, and then a dark horse. But, you know, you talk about we're in Arizona, so of course it's going to be dry, hot, that desert climate. As you say, it's going to firm up. That kind of opens it up for the shorter hitters as well. And we've seen Webb Simpson win here. Chez Revi lost in a playoff just a couple of years ago. Was it with the... Oh, when Gary Woodland won in 2018. So it does open the field up in that sense but the other thing that's been really interesting when you kind of dive into the stats of the tournament and of this course is it's the third easiest to kind of predict by form from years gone by and we talk about horses for courses this is one of the top ones where guys consistently perform well around yeah and and this back nine is tricky enough on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's, you can mow through it and just burn it up. But last year we saw, you know, Jordan Spieth, our own Jason Duffner was out following Jordan Spieth, watching his game. Xander Schauffele was playing so well. It would look like it was going to be between those two. Schauffele made a couple of slip-ups. There's a, you know, there's water on the left at 11. There's a there's a water on the right at 12. There's You can hook it into water at 15. You can hook it into water at 17 and 18. And, you know, Schauffele made some loose swings, hooked some balls in the water, and so did Jordan Spieth. And it opened the door for Brooks Kepka, who kind of came out of nowhere, and then he sort of slammed it shut. You know, I think he birdied all the holes in, and then he chipped in at 17 to kind of, you know, he wasn't really right there until the other guys faltered. So there's enough going on on the back nine. There's another name that's interesting on this list that I haven't picked this week, but Bubba Watson, you know, he he plays really good at this this tournament. I think he's won it a couple of times and he finished second last week in Saudi. But he hits that big, you know, he's got that ability to be hit so far, but he also hits that big banana curve. And, you know, one great thing about being in the desert is there's no trees. So he doesn't have to worry about going, you know, around trees off the tee. He can just start it wherever he wants to. And he, you know, I think of these guys that shoot really well here. They they just kill these par fives. But you are gonna run out of fairway this week and we're going to talk to Stu Redson because he is a pretty average player, Diane, and he finishes in the rough a lot. So we're going to get a good feel for what it's going to be like, how much rough's out there. I love that. Um, okay, well, we're getting to our picks soon. There's a few names that I really looked at right away. Daniel Berger was one of them. Um, and when we did our tour report re-ranking, he came out second, but he did withdraw last week at Pebble. And there's just that huge question mark over him right now. Um, another guy I looked at is a WM ambassador and that's Charlie Hoffman. But again, he's withdrawn a lot lately. He started playing at Pebble and then just couldn't continue. So those were two names that I thought of immediately, but then there's way too much of a question mark over them. And the other thing is, is it such a stacked field? There's really good odds available. There's a lot of value picks. So I'm going to wait because the guy that was going to be my one to watch, his odds are so high that he's now my dark horse and I can't believe it. I hope he's not the same as mine. I know, I'm worried actually there's going to be a bit of crossover. So um, I'm going to let you go first with your outright oh, no. favourite. Oh, outright favourite is pretty easy for me because um, this guy is all about things that are green. You know, he has a green jacket, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, who just won in Hawaii. And the interesting thing about Matsuyama was not only did he hit the greatest three-wood shot we've seen in a long time, only before a gra another great three-wood he shot when he won the Zozo, where he hit a three-wood on the last hole in Japan in front of his home crowd after winning the Masters that year. 
to make an eagle. He hit a, a three-wood in the playoff uh, a couple of weeks ago in Hawaii uh, to make an eagle and win that playoff. But that's not the reason I'm picking him. And it's not the reason I'm picking him because he's got a green jacket and this is a green tournament, <laughs> Diane. I'm picking him because he was number one in putting at the Hawaiian Open. And we've always said, okay, what's what's the weakest part of some of these top players' games? You know, is it driving for Jordan Spieth? Is it, you know, uh, you know, hitting the fairways for Bryson DeChambeau? And is it, is it putting for Hideki Matsuyama? And if you can go out and have a week, Diane, where you're the best of the whole tour in putting of your sort of your maybe your weakness, then maybe he's found something in the offseason. And I must note that he's won this tournament twice. And I just think there's just no stopping this guy. And I think he's going to play really well this week. And he's my, he's my favorite this week. Yeah. I, I, uh, you can't, how can you see past him? As you say, he won this tournament in back to back years in uh, 16 and 17. And also he makes no secret of the fact that he loves this tournament. He loves this course, obviously. Um, yeah, I, didn't pick Matsuyama because I knew you were going to, <laughs> which <laughs> you did not. Did fair you? enough. Yeah, I knew you that. I knew that you would pick either Matsuyama or my outright favorite. I'll just say that Matsuyama is uh, plus eighteen hundred. My guy is plus twelve hundred, and I was guessing he was going to be maybe your second pick, but I'm going with Justin Thomas. Now. My reasoning is, I mean, we've seen huge strides in his ball striking since the start of the year. Uh, he's got Bones Mackay on the bag and you can tell that that partnership is just getting stronger every single week. He had a really bad weekend at Tory Pines. So I think with Justin Thomas, and you say this all the time, he's, he's a lifer, he's a competitor. He wants to win so badly. That's going to leave that chip on his shoulder that almost fuels him to go on and do better there's um with this tournament and we've talked about the crowds at 16 you have to be a little bit of a showman and look at Brooks Kepka six under well that's right you you've just nailed it you have to you have to be able to nullify this crowd with your showmanship and that's that's a very important piece that's why it's very easy to look past the rookies this week yeah. It's going to be very intimidating to play against this group of top players mm -hmm. with this much people, with this much noise, and this, you know, all the other guys have got experience with all this. And the other thing about JT is he's got a good record here and he's finished 13th, 3rd, 3rd, and then 17th last year. So that's, you know, that speaks for itself. So I think at plus 1,200, okay, the odds aren't startling by any means, but Justin Thomas, uh, he's my outright favourite. Well, JT, as you know, is one of my favorite players. So he is a little bit wild with the tee ball. And, uh, you know, so I'm not saying that's bad for him. I'm saying that he's going to have to watch it if the conditions are fast. There's going to be a lot of bouncy balls. They're going to be running through, et cetera. Anyway, we are going to move on to who to watch. And this was really tough for me, this one, because you normally like to have – I normally dive way down the list on this one, but I couldn't, Diane. I had to stay up in the middle. Yeah. And I've been looking at this guy since he won in your home country or near near where you're from uh, in England last summer, how good he's been playing. I just checked his record uh, all this season, 23rd, 38th, 11th. And I'm looking at Billy Horschel this week, and I'm not sure why, but 60 to 1, and he, he's the type of player – 
don't know much about his record at this course, but I'm looking at so I've told you this, but I'm going to tell everyone this. When if 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 we were going to ha- how you ha- how I handicap sometimes, if we're in the desert and we got two guys who are going to have a race, and you and I are standing behind them and they go, mm-hmm. well, they run a couple miles down the desert. We can't tell who's winning from our view because they're running away from us. But if we moved around to the side, we can see who's ahead. And if if I if I was going to start timing one runner to see what he ran this mile, let's say he ran a five minute mile and he was ahead and I measured the other guy for the same mile and he was four minutes 52 and I could extrapolate that out. My guy's surging or this other guy's going backwards and I can sort of feel like my guy's going to eventually catch up and go past him. So I look a lot more dying. That's how I do it. Part of it. Um, <laughs> There's a mathematical equation for that, but I, I like to keep it simple. <laughs> as long as it makes sense to you. <laughs> yeah, as long as it makes sense to me. Um, so I'm look at, I always look at surging players, always. I mean, I talked about Pat Perez last week. He finished sixth, then he finished ninth. And then those guys run out of steam. But I think Billy Horschel's he's been off. So I'm looking at Billy Horschel this week, and I'm sure you're shocked. I did not expect that at all. But Billy's been playing well and I feel like his finishes haven't really reflected kind of where his game's been, although he did finish 11th in his last tournament. But I mean, his stats are so good. He's 12th in putting average, 15th in birdie average, 15th in scrambling. So Billy's uh, Billy's having a bit of a great start to the year. So at plus 6,000... I support your pick of Billy Horschel. He's not who I am going for. My guy's plus 9,000. And I did say last week that I'm not going to just jump on this bandwagon of players that have played well the week before. However, I am doing that today. <laughs> and but I'll back it up. This guy held a share of the 54-hole lead at Pebble. And he ended up finishing in a tie for sixth. Um, Finished 14th place before that, 27th. So, you know, these are good finishes and definitely heading in the right direction. However, the thing that really got me about Andrew Putnam is that last year he finished in a tie for seventh at this tournament and he went bogey free. So this is someone that likes this course, played this course really well over four rounds last year finished in the top 10 I think with the momentum that he's been collecting so far this year and coming off that sixth place finish last week Andrew Putnam with that long hair kind of flowing in the wind now he reminded me of Jake Owen watching the coverage at Pebble last week but he's going to be my one to watch at plus 9,000 I watched him all day yesterday too and I was it was the first time I actually got to see a lot of Putnam play looks good I like his swing action and when you said a second ago is he, he likes this course. Well, there's something to that because almost all the trouble on this course is to the left and guys that fade the ball, uh, they, they just chew up these holes, you know, holes like 11, you know, 15, 17. They're not worried about the water to the left, 18. So guys that hook the ball, you know, they can get in a little bit more trouble here. So when, when you think about what suits a player, you know, you always have to look at the record. You know, you have to look and see what he's done on this course. Of course, I didn't this week, but I just think Billy Horschel's a big, he's a big arena type guy. I mean, who can go over and win the, what is it, the European PGA at Wentworth with all the all the Euros and walk right in there and wind that right up under their nose? I mean, I, I think Billy's that kind of player. So they're both good picks, Diane. Okay. And then the rule with the dark horse pick is it has to be over 100 to 1. So... 
I'm sticking with that this week. You always, you had Austin Smotherman last week. I don't know where he ended up finishing at Pebble, but he had I a I know really he was second tournament. at one point. Yeah, really good tournament. So, and by the way, I think I was just a couple of weeks early on Bo Hostler. I had Bo yeah. Hostler heavy. Uh, I said to you, Bo Hostler is such a good swing. He putts so good. Why isn't he doing anything? I think I had him as my player to watch at uh, American Express. And then there he was a couple of weeks later. I've been watching him on Instagram, working on his swing with Dana Dilquist. Beautiful swing. And then we got to see him play all afternoon. Did you, by the way, did you catch what kind of shirt that was he had on yesterday? That brown one with no logo? Do you know what that was? That was outstanding shirt. Well, that's so funny because whenever I watch him, he reminds me of Sam, your son. And I don't know what it is, but the clothing definitely ties in with you. And it's so funny. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh my gosh, he looks just like Sam Elkington. Had the visor on yesterday. <clears throat> I felt I felt bad for him where he uh, didn't get, you know, he didn't make five in the last hole to tie second with Jordan. It cost him $175,000 for that little missed three-footer on the last hole. Sam and I calculated that up and wanted and shared how painful that must have been for him. Wouldn't have been as painful for Jordan because he's loaded, but 175K, Diane, I mean, we can put a lot of um, furnishings in that new house. With that <laughs> I know. Um, I want to big you up for one more time here uh, because you deserve it. Because, again, you've been on forum. You, you had Pat Perez as one of your picks last week too, and that's the second top 10 finish in a row for Pat. So something has clicked for him. We talked about it last week. You told us that um, he's kind of gone back to basics and it's clearly working. Yeah, he's won $500,000 in two weeks. And if I could tell you his mindset when he was staying with me at the Houston Open, it wasn't where he is now. So <clears throat> things have changed around for him. He keeps saying he can't wait till he's 50. I keep telling him, don't, you don't want to be 50. Stay 45. <laughs> don't ever leave 45. Now, moving on to uh, my dark horse. Yeah. yeah. I'm back to the desert, Diane. I'm out to the side, seeing who's still running these five or four 20-minute miles over on the side. I've got 150 to one, this guy. I've been watching him close for a few weeks now. Haven't You've never heard me say his name before, but 33rd, 30th, 14th, the last three weeks. Surging, got to be feeling confident, Nick Taylor. Yes. Do you know anything about Nick Taylor? Because I, I know everything. He's Canadian, and I what I do know about Nick Taylor is he has the same coach as my brother, Russell. So I've kind of been following him a little bit more lately because, you know, they are working with the same guy and they've actually played, they've been paired together at a couple of tournaments lately. So that's kind of what I know of Nick Taylor. And he was a previous champion at Pebble Beach. So that was fun to watch him at the weekend. Yeah. So, you know, when I start to think about what I talked about at the top of the show, who can sort of penetrate that, that massive group at the top? I mean, look, when, when I used to go to tour events and you would see all the guys there, you know, like a Doral was one or, you know, waste management right here. Uh, all the top players are playing. It's very hard for the young guys to, you know, they can get up in front for a while, but to be able to finish it off in front of all those people, Super Bowl Sunday, the crowd, the noise, the whole show. Um, yes, it's, it's, 
as you go down the list, it becomes very obvious that there's some players that just can't do it. But I think Nick Taylor's had enough success in the last month on tour. Mm-hmm. This is he's on a bit of a roll here. He's he's bettered his performance each week for the last three weeks, and they've all been in pretty good amount of money. He's made more money each week, so that's you can't feel any better. Okay, okay, I like it. Well, I am sticking with the swagger for the WM Phoenix Open. Swagger and form. This guy reminds me he's like a cross between Charlie Hoffman and Pat Perez, two guys that we've talked about already that have affiliations with waste management and with this course and this tournament and uh, he yeah he's one of these characters that will enjoy playing to the crowd and will kind of feed off that um he is plus eleven thousand, right so I'm shocked when I saw that because I thought that Putnam was going to have to be my dark horse and I'm like oh man he's not 100 to 1 but this guy 110 to 1 he's coming off a t12 finish at Pebble He started the year with a seventh place finish at the Sony Open. And his off the tee stats, his ball striking stats are so good that Keith Mitchell, I mentioned him earlier this year. I think he was one of my picks for Sony because he just got married. Yeah, because he just, I knew you were going to pick, I knew you were going to pick Keith Mitchell. Yeah, but I cannot believe that he is, that his odds are that high this week. He played really good at Pebble and was in the mix, you know, finishing just outside the top 10 in the end. But I think that it's all trending in the right direction for Mitchell. And he's already got that win at the Honda Classic a couple of years ago. The way that he's been playing over the last like six, nine months, the second win has to be on the cards for him. And it's all looking good. So I'm going with Keith Mitchell as my dark horse. Yeah, it's a great pick. You know, like we just talked about all show, which is, you know, who can play this course quite easily? Who can, who's got enough, you know, who, who has enough in the tank or who's, who's been playing well lately enough to sort of cruise around this course, shoot four or five under each day without, you know, getting into too much trouble, you know. And I, I think it's form, right? You've got to have good form. Go into the desert. You've got to hit the ball straight. This week, the greens, are, everything's firm. No good being in the rough because you're not going to be able to stop it on the green. So, you know, you you also mentioned one of your picks that didn't have a bogey last week. Well, how do you play without a bogey on a course that's real firm? The only way you can do it is, you know, uh, be in the fairway. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great week. I mean, we're going to hear from Stu Redson. He's going to give us a build up of what what you know from a sponsor standpoint, how many people they're expecting, what the course conditions are looking like. But I don't think it's any great you know magic bullet this week to handicap this field, Diane. All the all the guns are at the top and or everyone else is just trying to grab a spot. Right. Well, we said we were going to have a special guest on the podcast this week, and we're joined by the Vice President of Brand and Marketing and Chief Marketing Officer for WM, Stu Redson. Uh, Stu played TBC Scottsdale this morning as well. So we wanted to get someone on the podcast that sees that's seen every blade of the grass on this course. Well, I've probably seen a little bit more of the desert uh, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> cacti than the grass, but no, I actually hit it all right today. Well, how did you play then, Stu? How did it go overall? Um, well, it's shamble, which is good for me, as Elk can probably attest to. So, you know, you just uh, you just need one person's drive for the amateurs and you sort of play from there. Um, but the course to me is, 
you know, you hit a good, the rough's longer than I remember last year a little bit. I mean, there's not much rough here to start, but um, if you do go on the rough, especially around the greens, it's a little longer than I remember. Uh, but if you hit it in the fairways, it's really rolling. And then the greens are very, very firm as well. So if you so, <clears throat> that all sort of makes sense for this kind of, kind of year, you know, you've got the overseed grass out there, you know, there's guys that putt really well on rye grass. I mean, you're, you're, I hate to say it, but you're an excellent putter. You, I heard you say you didn't putt well today, but you're one of the best putters I've seen for an amateur. You chop it around a little bit from tee to green, but when you get on the greens, you're saying that there's a fair amount, there's a fair, fair amount of speed on the greens for Monday. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Even so I played yesterday as well and they were, uh, yeah, they were really, really quick, really, really good speed. Like if you get above up above, um, for a downhiller, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's really hard to, to stop it close to the hole. The greens are really rolling perfectly. Now you have a completely stacked field this week. Um, Diane and I have made our picks. Do you have someone that you're looking at this week as one of your favorites, other than Charlie Hoffman, who represents the brand Waste Management? Yeah, hopefully Charlie. I know he's had he's had uh, some some issues in his last few tournaments. Hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be ready to go the full week. Um, it's interesting here because I think you know just just being out there, being able to to keep the ball in play. I mean, you certainly have to have the length, especially on a, on a few of the holes coming in on the back, like 14. Um, but just the ability for someone to really, especially on Sunday, like I think it's a tournament that's unique. Like you got somebody getting hot on Sunday, Webb Simpson a couple of years ago, uh, Kepka last year. So to me, it's, Hey, who, Lately is and even Spieth a year ago Saturday, right? I mean, it, he re, he really got it going. So I, I think the ability for someone to really get hot on the weekend um, has has a good shot. We were just talking about this, how the your winners here have been amazing. I mean, even looking back to 2015, since then, everyone's either been a major champion or a player's champion. So the first of all, you know, Elk's right, the field is stacked, but the caliber of champion that you get here is always right up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, uh, I think a testament to, um, you know, it's it's a tournament, as you both know, Unlike really any other out there, um, just and I think especially this year, being that last year with the pandemic and 5000 fans, I mean, it was the um, the area called uh, Greenskeepers, which is off to the left. If you're teeing off on 18, it's the other side of the water there. It was absolutely jam packed today. Um and it's a Monday at like three o'clock and people, people celebrating, having a good time, which to me makes it very, very unique. But that's, I think, you know, the testament that Thunderbirds do such a great job getting, um, you know, su such a high caliber field. And especially this year as well is no different. Uh, Diane and I spoke earlier today about <clears throat> what was the emergence is sort of a, we talk about on the internet, how things go viral and this tournament kind of went viral and, we're not exactly sure why it went viral, and you have your take, whether it's Tiger Woods' 25th anniversary of him making an ace on that hole where everyone went crazy and then it just jackpotted from there. Others say it was Phil Mickelson that was involved in the event early going. 
What is the story behind the explosion of this tournament, other than the, the pretty girls and the crowd and the people and the great weather and the right time of the year, et cetera? Is there another factor? I, I mean, I really think um, it boils down to just, just overall the Thunderbirds who have been running the tournament from the beginning really having the mindset that this is the people's open and how do we really bring golf to the people? So certainly the stadium aspect on 16, because everyone that comes out here for the first time, um, they, they want to see 16. I mean, you want to get to 16. It's, it's a full stadium uh, with golf and being fortunate to meet a lot of the players over the years. I always ask, you know, Hey, do you like it? And they said, absolutely. Because it's the only time they feel they can play in front of crowds as if they were a team sport athlete in another sport because you're entering a stadium and everybody's really engaged and it's, and it's really a lot of fun and different. So in that regard, I think um, uh, to me, that's what's really made it. And it's also one, and, and we've heard this um, from others in the game, including the tour, it's the one event that truly brings in non-golf fans the one week that non-golf fans watch it and it happens to coincide every year with super bowl weekend where you get a lot of people who watch the super bowl that may not be hardcore football fans same thing with the wm phoenix open you get a lot of golfers who want to tune in. you get a lot of fans who want to tune in that aren't necessarily hardcore golfers mm -hmm. so that to me is what what has really made it fun i do think uh, there are things over the years, you know, you mentioned 97 Tigers hole in one um, that that I think if you look and it was only 25 years ago, but if you can pull up that clip, there's barely I mean, there are bleachers around and behind, but it's not even remotely what it looks like today. So I, I really, you know, hats off to the innovation of the Thunderbirds to truly make it, you know, the the people's open. And then, of course, there as well, you guys had a bit of a rebrand over the past week. Waste management is now just known as WM, but there's your ethos behind the tournament and recycling, sustainability, all of that. And I think people at the tournament, you know, they're aware of it and it's a fantastic initiative to be part of. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it's interesting. So it predates my time at WM, but um, a, a team of folks who truly, um, you know, we're sort of working behind the scenes and they served up to the leadership team. Hey, why don't we, if we really want to live our brand purpose, why don't we make this event zero waste where nothing gets thrown away? And again, it's the lar North America's largest spectator sport and not one thing gets thrown away. I mean, everything either composted, whether it's food scraps or, you know, napkins, plates, et cetera, or recycled and everything gets put to its next best use. And if you think, and you both have been to a lot of tournaments, every piece of carpet, every piece of script, I mean, nothing gets thrown out, which is a huge testament to a ton of volunteers. And, and for WM as a brand, that just shows that, hey, if we can do this for this huge spectator sport, you know, you both can do it in your homes and at your offices and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah I heard um, that, you know, your new sponsor out there, Tupa Chico uh, Ranch Water, that there'll be enough wasted cans, you'll be able to put together a new 
wing on the space shuttle. Is that is that right? Is that true? Uh, is that confirmed? I don't, I don't know about that, but there are uh, there. You can even today on a Monday, there are definitely a lot of a lot of patrons enjoying uh, beverages and um, you know, even a lot of the normal bottled water. They're doing cans because certainly the recycling in aluminum cans is is really strong. So uh, yeah, it's been. It'll be interesting uh, again this year with uh, the amount of materials that um, that get recycled. Um, it's it's pretty cool. Now I have one question. I have two questions. One question is: You spoke of this uh, the stadium hall number sixteen. Of course, you know everybody's got to go there. They want to get a ticket. They want to have a seat. But you, mate, have built something this year that is the most VIP. I wonder if Diane Knox is going to get to see me this this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us what you've done? You've you've done an extra special super VIP new gizmo on 16. I can I'm actually going to send this through to you right now. I just took a picture of it. Oh great. So this is live as I was walking to the green. Um, so we basically right next to Golf Channel Studio, there was a little space and our idea was, well, what if we put a luxury, like a little sky box, like a little box seat that would be the best seat in the house on the stadium hole? Like, let's make it as close to the green as we can. So hopefully you can sort of see, I just texted to both of you, hopefully you can see the picture where we're going to give fans a chance to win to sit for a few groups coming through in the we call it the green suite so from you know from the green it looks like a wm dumpster but it actually is couches in there for four maybe six people depending on uh how much gravy you've eaten over the last few days elk and um yeah fans can have a chance to win and sit in that seat and be the closest to the action that is so cool that's a great idea because any little bit of space on 16 has to be utilized we all know that yeah yep yeah so um uh, yeah, it's, it's a really it's a really cool thing. And again, just the visibility uh, for us. We also added added one of our brand new uh, natural gas trucks. So that, so basically our um, we call it a CNG truck where all the waste um, that we pick up on the routes gets gets made into renewable natural gas and that gas powers our trucks that then pick up the next week so it's the whole circular function that we have um, within our fleet so one of those new trucks is on the 18th tee box just to the left of where the players will tee off it's pretty cool and it's you know it's close to where the amateurs are teeing off on wednesday in the pro-am so it's a it's a really cool thing i wonder if any tour players that are coming through there on friday that are going to miss the cut they just want to just jump in the truck you know like they they're trash they feel trash i don't know um it's funny one of the one of our other uh team members uh played today with patrick rogers and they sent me pictures he got in the truck he got he, he jumped oh, in he the did. front seat yeah. now Stu, the last question i know you guys have um you know you have the funky friday out there for the thunderbirds where you wear crazy clothes diane knox is coming out there with her husband do you have any fashion tips that uh, Noxie could uh, pick up on just because she's coming from Florida and she's always dressed to the, she's always dressed well. Do you, do you have any, you know, what, what, what is required out there? Oh, yeah. Well, it's Saturday elk actually is the day and it's, we call it green out day. So wear, wear your green. Um, okay. that, that's really the thing that you want to wear. And I mean, there's a, and Diane, you can wear whatever you want. I mean, there's people in costumes. I mean, you name it. 
Um, but we we normally like to make it green out day and everybody wearing their green. Well, it's funny because I actually, I bought new outfits. This will come as no surprise to Elk whatsoever, but I bought three <laughs> new outfits and they're all green. So I thought I'm just going to okay. embrace the brand. And there my husband, go, he, he was like, I don't have anything green. So he went out and he bought some new green shirts too. So we're going to be on brand. We're like completely representing. We're all in this weekend. That's great. Yeah, and it's just little things like that that we've done for the tournament. So you'll notice we have the most unique caddy bibs, I feel, out there where um, it's a similar uh, bib that all of our employees working on the front lines and all facilities have to wear, which is a safety vest. So it gives kudos to really all of our 50,000 teammates who you know are putting that vest on every day. They feel proud when they see the caddies wearing that vest. That's so cool. Right, Stu. Well, thank you. I will see you on Friday, hopefully. We get in late Thursday. But that's the other thing about this tournament is, you know, most tournaments, they kind of kick off on Thursday. Cool. People might go out and enjoy a little bit of a Wednesday pro-am. But you guys have events starting from the weekend just past. You have concerts every night and it's like a party for a whole entire week. Yeah, the concert uh, in the Coliseum, I was fortunate to come in early for and it was such a unique venue, Old Dominion and Thomas Rhett. And it was, it was just, you know, really intimate for, I don't know, 15,000 people, whatever, on one golf hole with, with both bands being right there in the center. It was, it was spectacular. Wait a second. Have we morphed into the name? We're calling the 16th hole the Coliseum now? That's, that's what the Thunderbirds have called it for a while. I think that. that, (laughs) Okay. I I didn't know. I've been locked out for a second here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, mate, it's going to be a great week. We're, we're, we're sad that you won't be able to join us this week on our games because you can't do it from, from Arizona, but there oh, are a yeah, lot of people right. will. That's do you right. have, you, you kind of skipped over my question earlier. Do you have someone that you're actually thinking is going to, well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you mine. And I'll let you die and tell you hers. I'm, I'm going with green theme with Hideki Matsuyama. We're going to pull on another green uh, jacket, so to speak, with green event here with Waste Management's third WM this week. That's my pick. Okay. I'm going for the showman of Justin Thomas. I think that he just loves it. I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after the weekend at Tory Pines. So I think that uh, this has got JT written all over it. Interesting. Yeah, it uh, certainly Matsuyama, he, I think he was a back-to-back winner here a few years ago. Yeah. 17 so, uh, and 18, yeah. 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 So, um, you know, one to me, I always think like who's coming, who's coming in uh, good form. Spieth played really well last year and had such a huge crowd following. And, and he had, um, you know, he had a, a good finish at Pebble. So I, I think that's that to me, if I, and I never do well in secret <laughs> golf, but if I, if I was to, I think, uh, you know, I think Spieth can uh, can get it going because I think I think certain players feed off the crowd and he's one where the crowd really supports him here. Yeah. Yep. Okay, okay Stu. Well, listen, we know you got a busy week, mate, and uh, we'll be watching with you, Diane. I'm I'm jealous that you you and you're going out. You and uh, Garrett are going out this weekend, but hey, I'll be watching from here. Well, thank yeah, you. We'll make sure to get a picture of you, yeah. uh, Diane, in the green suite. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Or on the truck, even. Yeah, I know, right? We'll send you pictures, Elk. Yes, we will. Yes, please. Need pictures. Perfect. All right, Stu. Thank you. Have a great week. I'll see you on Friday. See you on Friday. Bye-bye.
Social Podcast Network.